Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, welcome back to our LISC series. And this is the first monologue I'm doing in a uh, in a while. And we've been running uh, different interviews, old and new. And one of the reasons is because I was in the Ukraine and covering the war. And I spent five days in the Ukraine itself and, and 15 days total in and around uh, the, the war area. And that's a whole other story. I won't get into that now because uh, we've ignored LISC or we, uh, we haven't put proper attention on LISC. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, the other reason is that the investigators led by DA Ray Tierney and Commissioner Rodney Harrison of Suffolk County Police and now uh, included in there is Sheriff Errol Toulon and Under Sheriff Kevin Catalina, the FBI, the U.S. Attorney. They've got a serious effort going on, something that the last two DAs had wanted nothing to do with. You know, Tim Sinney did nothing. It's coming out now that he's, he did absolutely nothing. And Tom Swoda did nothing on LISC. And, you know, we'll find out why as things go forward. And kudos to the new commissioner and to the new district attorney and, you know, everyone else. It's a, it's a, a great crew of talent that's there. And I, I guess the warning or the caveat is... Uh, is that be careful on my end because, uh, you know, it's very easy to get excited about something happening that is in a situation that uh, that where nothing was happening. So, you know, a starving man is uh, is is looking at, you know, a little slider as a feast. So. And I guess that's the that's the warning. But, you know, listen, they're doing a lot more than that. It's it's serious. You know what they're doing. It's they're taking a serious look at this. And we hope the people that were involved before who, you know, had no push from from D.A. Cine and D.A. Spoda and, you know, the folks that were there, we, we hope that that the people that are still involved in this investigation um, are are not going to keep information or uh, or try to steer away from uh, information or, or if, that they don't get tribal on this and they start fighting among themselves. So anyway, there's no indication that that that's happening. Well, I don't know. I won't say no indication, but there's I, you know we'll let the investigators do their job. So it's uh, it's difficult to to talk over them and I certainly don't want to do anything that that hampers what's going on there the one thing I I do want to make clear and and there's there's a couple reasons why 
over the, the the course of this second series, and again we did you know the first series in 2015, 2016, and then we stopped. We stopped. We we kind of ran out of people who wanted to talk about it, and also we weren't getting anywhere. We thought we were getting somewhere with something in, in one vein, and 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 it you know it turned out to be uh, to be a dead end, and it just really was no. There was a, there was no real effort going on there, and and it just we weren't getting anywhere. When Tim Sinney was running for DA, and I was with the Independence Party, and we endorsed him. And the only thing I asked him to do, the only thing I asked him to do, I didn't want jobs. I didn't want just put a, an honest effort into Lisk. He shook my hand. And he said, don't worry, we'll, you know, we'll get all on it and everything. He did nothing. And he did nothing. It's clear that he did nothing. When new information comes out that I think is going to come out, and again, by no means do I think, I'm just getting a text now that's very interesting. But uh, as new information comes out, I, I want to make clear that I, I would never give anything out that uh, that was confidential and that nobody's going to tell me anything that's confidential um, and the, the investigators are going to do their thing but because they're talking like this and because when Commissioner Harrison came out and the first syllable out of his mouth was Lisk you know that he wants to solve Lisk as soon as that happened all of a sudden, people started getting enthused again. They realized Ray Tierney's coming in, and, and he doesn't have the same ties or promises or whatever Tim Sinney and Spoda's sick deal was with, with whoever was trying to cover this up, Balone, of course. He doesn't have the same kind of sick deal going on, that, and that's Commissioner Harrison and DA Tierney. They want to solve it. They realize this is the biggest thing that you could ever get your hands on and let's face it i mean there you know there there are law enforcement people that are uh, that are famous uh, for for negative things you know for example the the oj trial you you know Furman became very famous and uh, you know turned out to be a racist and uh, said some terrible things and uh, that anything that that he had any involvement in, of course, was uh, was was hurt. And hey, by the way, not that that the jury was you know they spent about five minutes or two minutes deliberating, right? And they they came out. So I, I don't think it had uh, all to do with Furman. But uh, the the people who became famous off of the OJ trial uh, became famous for for losing for a losing trial the manson situation was different there was no way they were going to to lose that and help the skelter became a cottage industry for uh, for the district attorney there so i mean gil garcetti who was the district attorney for the oj trial and he was he lost of course and he, his son right became mayor of los angeles the name is big enough and was prominent enough off of that case where his his junior became the mayor and you think about it but those are the two famous cases murder cases that i could think of that that were just 
that are always going to be talked about. And, you know, that's the Manson murders. And that's because of the, the, the hippie element and the cult and how crazy Manson was. And then OJ because of the celebrity and how crazy he is. And, you know, of course, OJ killed, you know, killed his wife and Ron Goldman. You know, we all know that. But here we are in a situation where we have the the biggest political case in my mind that we've ever had before other than you know watergate and other presidential scandals this ultimately will be a huge political scandal and even if the law enforcement people don't go in that direction if tyranny doesn't go in that direction and harrison don't go in that direction we will of course we're going to wonder why this thing wasn't solved 10 years ago why it wasn't looked at properly 10 years ago they don't care they want to solve it right they don't care about uh pointing blame they and that's what they should be doing is just solving this thing i want to make a, a an about face on something and uh, and i'll get into it as we go on and as i started saying a little while ago the efforts of this new blood that's coming in that is looking at Lisk, that's looking at the Gilgo Beach murders. It's bringing other people out, people that wouldn't normally give information are now talking. And hopefully they're talking to them, but certainly people are talking to me. And again, you know, amateur detectives, like, you know, myself included, right? We all get different information that may or may not be helpful to the overall cause but again it it's coming out and it's flowing and the about face i want to make is on john bitroff and i have said in the past that if it was john bitroff that they would have they would have jumped all around they would have had a parade and they would have said we got him we got lisk and they didn't do that. And the reason I said that is because, as far as I know, John Bitroff has no political ties and he has no law enforcement ties that would keep this from being a, a you know, a home run for either Spoda or Tim Sinney. But I said that I'm not even sure that Bitroff killed anybody. And I'm going to take that back. Right? And I'm not going to say why. And over the next couple weeks, I'll lay out why. But by no means am I saying that John Beechroff is innocent of anything. And I'll even go further. I'm not saying that John Beechroff is even innocent of some of the Lisk victims being his. I'm not saying he did. And I'm not saying he didn't, but what I'm saying is over the next couple of weeks, I don't be shocked. You know, just don't be shocked if, uh, if more and more information comes out. You know, what I can't figure out is why Tim Sinney, who, who's not a genius, you know, but he's, not, he's also not a, a complete moron. Tim Sinney is a, is, is a guy who got to the heights 
being police commissioner. He had no right to be police commissioner. He was completely ill-fitted for that. You take a look at Rodney Harrison and the 32 or 33 years that he's been uh, active as a police officer. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He's a cop's cop. And he's done everything that you could do as a police officer. He's been awarded. I, the, I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the type of guy who would be a police commissioner. Tim Sinney was Steve Ballone's buddy. You know, it was his puppet. It was He figured this is a guy that lived down the block from me. I could say I did a nationwide search and, and I'll put this guy in and he'll listen to me. He'll do whatever I want. And coming off of Burke, maybe that's what Ballone needed, right? Because Burke probably told Ballone what to do, right? He's, he had to. He either had something tremendous on Steve Ballone or they were in league together. But together, these guys covered up a serial killing. I mean, let's face it. They stopped it. They got the FBI out and they got all of this not to be talked about. In fact, when I started the second series, what was it, last May or last June, uh, the reason we did the Lisk series is we figured Cine is up for re-election and he's got to talk. He ended up not talking about it, but we figured he, got to, he has to talk. And then Ballone was on the short list to be governor or lieutenant governor. And we figured, okay, well, he's going to have to talk and he's going to have to get through New York City. And he's going to have to get through the Democratic chairs around the state, the state committee. Right, let's, do, let's do a series and let's force them to talk about it. When I stopped in 2016 or 2017, frustrated, no one really had to talk, right? Nobody had to say a word. And we thought we had Cine going in with a white hat, going in to solve it and do all the right things. I, it, he was a joke. Tim Cine was an absolute joke. And I hate to, to flog a dead horse, but Tim Cine was a complete disappointment and he lied to me. And I'm furious about it. All we asked him, we didn't want a single job. We didn't want, you know, we got lawyers that, you know, we, we haven't asked Ray Tierney for a single job. We didn't ask uh, him, you know, uh, Tim Sinney for a single job. What we wanted, what we wanted is an honest look at Lisk. I mean, this has just become not an obsession, but it's become a situation where you think to yourself, you've got to be kidding. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did it. They covered this thing up and they it, I don't know why they did. So there must be a why. There must be an answer to why. So I'm thinking, Bitroff? Come on, why would, why would anybody cover anything up for Bitroff? He's a guy who looks, you know, redneckish, right? He looks, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was him in a video where, where he ate the deer's heart and he did, you know, and people do crazy things. That doesn't mean you killed sex workers, but they had him there. But, you know, the more and more you hear about Bitroff, or I hear about Bitroff recently, you get, you know, you get to thinking, you know, who knows? But they have DNA evidence on him. I know he's up for appeal. And there are people, you know, that I'm close to that I respect tremendously that think he was going to get off on the appeal. I don't think so. And I don't think he should from different information that uh, that we're getting now what i can't figure out 
what I can't figure out is why anyone wouldn't have just held the parade and said, we got Lisk, we got Bitroff, and Tim Sinney, who was willing to do anything, right? He was trying to arrest another guy. I'm not going to say the guy's name because for all I know, the guy's completely innocent of everything. But he had another guy in mind during the campaign that he wanted to arrest. And he didn't arrest the guy because people probably said, look, it's ridiculous. I think he was going to try to arrest him on pings, you know, on... Uh, and, and by the way, he was seriously thinking of arresting someone right before the right before the uh, election. But I think Ballone foolishly told him and, and some other people that were advising him and Justin Myers, maybe who knows. I think they were telling him, no, you got this. You're going to win the election. Don't do anything crazy. So I kept saying during the during the campaign, Tim, if you're going to do this. You're going to lose your law license. You could you could win the election, but you're going to lose your law license. And you're 38 years old. Even if you lose the election, you could survive. You go work for, <laughs> as it turns out, Nixon Peabody. He works for Nixon Peabody, which is a great firm. I don't know how long they're going to have him. I doubt he's going to bring any money in for them. Um and if he's as bad a lawyer as he is a uh, as he was a district attorney or a, a commissioner, and he's not going to last there too long. But anyway, Tim Sinney didn't need to arrest a guy falsely, and he didn't. To his credit, he didn't do it. He was talked out of it by some you know brighter people than him that were close to him. And and trust me, he wanted to arrest somebody. He wanted to make an arrest, and that arrest, uh, that arrest, I think he would have pointed to. And by the way, it could have helped him. Politically, it could have helped him. But I think he'd be in trouble afterwards. And we mentioned the Duke rape case. And, you know, that, you know, the, the guy got himself elected, but he ended up losing his law license and going to prison, the district attorney after that. So we kept mentioning that. I don't know what effect that had on Sinny, but... Knowing what I know now, I don't know why he didn't point to Bitroff and say, we got at least part of Lisk. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say why I think that or why I know that. But it was a, it was a no-brainer. I mean, uh, you know, Sinny knows more about what's going on on the inside than I do, obviously. He was the district attorney. He was the police commissioner. It was terrible at both jobs, but he knew more than what I knew. And he really could have said Bitroff is part of Lisk. Now, you know, the professionals are in, the kids are all gone and playtime is over and, and guys um, that are there are pros. And I don't know, they, they know a lot more than I do. But I, again, I want to officially do an about phase when I said that I don't believe Bitroff, well, I, I, I said I wasn't sure whether Bitroff killed anybody. I'm going to do an about face on that, and I'm just going to say let's wait and see on John Bitroff, and he obviously is not all Lisk or whatever, but after what I've, I've been hearing, after what I've learned, I'm taking back what I said about John Bitroff not killing anyone. I don't know that. All right? 
I don't know that at all. I don't know that he did. But let's let's wait and see what happens there. He's got an appeal coming up, and I don't I don't think the appeal is going to go his way. But some people do think it's going to go his way. Uh, let me just say this. Let me just say this. It's a fluid situation, and we are going to see the pros at it. And maybe I'm overly optimistic because we've had nothing. Sinian and Spoda did nothing on Lisk, nothing on Gilgo Killings. Ray Tierney, DA, Rodney Harrison, police commissioner, and Sheriff Toulon is in there. The FBI is in there. The U.S. Attorney's Office is in there. Suffolk County Police are in there. Let me just tell you. Uh, these guys, if if they don't get to the bottom of Lisk, I will be absolutely shocked. Uh, this is a a vast array of talent. And again, Frank McKay here signing off for now. We'll be back with with an interview, and I'll be back with some more monologues in the coming weeks. But again, my big headline here is I want to I want to completely take back. When I said that John Bitroff may not have killed anybody, I'm going to take that back and we'll explain more in the next couple of weeks. Frank McKay signing off just for now. We'll be back after this with more Breaking It Down and more from our Lisk series. Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to breaking it down frank mckay here so much more importantly back to our lisk series and the ongoing trials and tribulation of the long island serial killing investigation for a long time there's been nothing now at least there's something right you know we'll see um you know i personally have uh, have a lot of faith in the, the new da and it sounds like the new commissioner is uh, is is doing all the right things uh and, and that and you know you you throw in the fbi uh, who was back involved with the task force and um you throw in there the sheriff's office and uh, you know we have reason for some optimism uh it's it's a different story when you've been living there when you live been living on oak beach and you've been watching nothing happen for 12 years and you've been giving information and willing to give information and i'll tell you the scalise family has been so open on this case and so helpful i think um on this case they should be uh, they they should be applauded we've had uh, joe jr joe joe scalise jr on uh, three separate times and uh, terrific and tens of thousands of people heard the show around the country and raved about it today I'm very, very pleased uh, to have uh, Joe Scalise Sr. on, and he's a longtime resident of, of Oak Beach, and he's another man who's very candid and uh, not scripted, and uh, absolutely thrilled to have him. Joe Scalise Sr., how are you? I'm doing fine. Well, first of all, doing thanks. Fine. Thanks for joining us, and uh, and if you can, uh, let's get a little bit of your background before uh, before we start, and, and if you don't mind, start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised? I was born in uh, Florence, South Carolina, on an Air Force base there where my father was uh, stationed and uh, raised in uh, Uniondale, New York. Uh, we moved there when I was about uh, five years old and uh, went to high school in Uniondale and went to college at Brockport. 
and moved to Oak Beach in 1970. Wow, you go back a long way to Oak Beach. And so I've been there 52 years. 52 years in Oak Beach. Uh, has it changed much over the years? No, time kind of stayed still there, you know, to a, lot of, to a large extent. You know, I, I, think it's, I, I think it's very interesting, and, and so many people have a whole different approach to what Oak Beach was and what Gilgo was. I, can you differentiate for us and folks who, who don't know it well, what's the difference between Oak Beach, Gilgo Beach, West Gilgo? Are they, are they similar communities? Uh, in a lot, in a lot of ways, they are similar. Uh, you know, Oak Beach. We had the OBI there for years up until around 2000. So that place was a real hopping place. But Gilgo has the Gilgo Inn. In the summer times, it's really uh, stepping up there and crowded every day. Uh, most of those, both, both communities uh, are, are beach, beach community. Mostly beach people were there. Now. With the prices of homes off the charts, you know, you're getting different people there. But uh, all in all, most of them respect the environment and enjoy living at the beach. The, you know, some of the the residents, I mean, there's wonderful residents, obviously, uh, in, in all the places that we just mentioned. Uh, someone who I, I've, I haven't heard too many great words about is uh, Dr. Peter Hackett. And uh, he, his fingerprints just seem to be all over. Uh, this over what happened there. And again, I've concentrated on this show uh, on the cover up because, you know, we don't know specifically who's done what. But I've uh, I've been saying this is me saying not, you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I, I've been blaming the county executive who appointed um, uh, Chief Burke, uh, Jimmy Burke. And, and obviously not much got done and nothing got done in the time span there. But I, it, when you look at Peter Hackett, somehow or another, this, I, this, this guy seems to get a, a, a pass. Uh, can, can you tell us something that we don't know about Peter Hackett? And, uh, and is he somebody that, that, that you have uh, a long history with? Well, I was, I was a member of the community at Oak Beach when Peter and his family moved into Oak Beach. I'm not really sure where they came from. A lot of people said he came from Point Lookout where he wasn't really welcome there. He's, he's a character. He's got a lot of, a lot of baggage. He's a wannabe cop. He, he was at one point the ME, I believe for Suffolk County, but he got that, uh, in my, from what I understand, for supplying documents and applications. And when they found out about him, they got rid of it, got, got rid of him. So, you know, he's, he's a character. He uh, shows up at accidents. He must have had some type of device where he would listen to the police ban, and all of a sudden, uh, Peter Hackett's there doing whatever. Uh, he had a badge that identified him as the ME, and he kept that badge for a, a long time, to my knowledge. So he's uh, somebody that just is the, he's the person that just doesn't fit in comfortably with people but uh, he's he's got some kind of a weird agenda you know from what i understand actually before i continue let me remind folks that are just tuning in a little late or turning on their radios a little late uh frank mckay here so much more importantly uh joe scalise senior is our very special guest we not to be confused with his son who uh, has been great with us and very open with us and uh he'll he'll be featured in a, a documentary on this on the cover-up of gilgo and he's prominent 
in that. And that's uh, Joe Scully's junior. He's been candid and he's been open and uh, very difficult to get people that are actually from Oak Beach to talk about this. It's uh, it's so taboo. Uh, thrilled to have uh, Mr. Joe Scully's junior, uh, senior, I'm sorry, uh, to add to uh, Joe Scully's junior's words on this. Uh, again, it's very difficult to get anyone uh, talking about it. Uh, Frank McKay here once again with Joe Scully's senior. Joe and, and everyone else out there listening uh, I should know this is my understanding of, of Hackett, how he became the medical examiner for Suffolk County. Um, I, I think Pat Halpin, who is also a, a resident over there, and he, he has a history with um, uh, with Peter Hackett, uh, I believe it was Pat Halpin who appointed him. And then I think he lost his credentials under Gaffney. And uh, there was something... Um, when I say Gaffney, that, that was the man who defeated Pat Halpin. Uh, Bob Gaffney uh, served uh, uh, several terms, I think three terms, as uh, as county executive. And it, when uh, when it all came uh, came down, uh, I think Hackett got himself boxed up a little bit on the uh, the flight eight hundred situation. I don't know if he uh, he if he said something false that happened, but every everything I've ever heard. Um, pointed to uh, bizarre behavior around Flight 800, but again, uh, maybe maybe you know more about it. Maybe you don't. Uh, can you can you comment on what I just said? Uh, and is, is that your understanding of how uh, Peter Hackett got there in the first place? Well, Pat Halpin's mom lived at Oak Beach, and, and Doctor Hackett, uh, he called himself Doctor. I guess he was a doctor um, when he arrived there. It was common knowledge that he, he told people, if you give me X amount of money, I will be your doctor. I'm on call here 24 hours a day. I live here in the community. I'm here to serve you and help you. And uh, that's how he kind of got his uh, claws into the community. I don't know how many people ever signed up for Dr. Hackett's services, but many of them did. And he was quick uh, to write prescriptions of whatever kind. Uh, I don't have any documentation that could back that up but the word out there if you needed something just call doc hackett he will help you is the general belief that uh dr hackett has money is he uh independently wealthy from uh, some past practice or uh past business um was he uh was he not i i don't know if you know but i mean there's, there's many stories that go uh, around with Pat hackett but uh, I don't think he at any point had uh, an overwhelming amount of money. I don't know where that ever came from because he certainly didn't live that way. Uh, he didn't, you know, I think he was from uh, paycheck to paycheck, wherever the paychecks came from. It kept him going. And his uh, wife was a, uh, I believe, a registered nurse. So she, she probably made a decent amount of money constantly that kept him afloat. Do we know anything about her? Now that's Barbara Hackett, right? Am I am I correct on that? Barbara Hackett is uh, is his wife's name. Yes, she was a nurse. I know that, uh, and she was always around the community. Always wanted to be involved in in everything. She was like an environmental uh, person that uh, loved nature and loved loved to be involved in everything. They wanted to know everybody's business. They knew everybody's property size. You know, it's all lease land, but everybody has their own lot that they take care of and. You know, she was just in everybody's business all the time. Do we know where she worked uh, as a nurse? I do not know. No, I do not. Yeah. 
It's uh, interesting. I, he, they're they're mysterious people, the Hackett's, and and again, uh, they're they're a very strange. I don't know Barbara Hackett. I don't know uh, Peter Hackett. I think uh, the lasting memory in in people's minds were on the, the documentary. I think uh, it was it called the Killing Season, which I mm-hmm. you know, which uh, when that was done. Uh, that was the first time that I saw Peter Hackett. I don't know if he faked a heart attack or it certainly looked like he faked a heart attack. And it was right at the moment that they asked him uh, if he had anything to do with the death of uh, of one or, or some of the victims here. And he seemed to just uh, on cue just to hit the ground. And then uh, I, I don't know. It was bizarre. I, I'm sure you saw that that tape over and over. I did. I watched it many times, and uh, you know Peter Hackett should have been given a polygraph, but he can't take a polygraph test. Test, I understand, because he's on medication, self-medicates himself, writes write the scripts. Because I don't know anybody that would write these scripts, and he just seems to be able to skate under the radar all the time. Yeah, just uh, amazing uh, to me. Uh, What's your, uh, and again, I'll remind people, Joe Scalise Sr. is the voice that you're hearing, Frank McKay here, and we're talking Lisk, uh, the Long Island serial killing, and Joe Scalise Sr. is uh, a longtime resident of of Oak Beach and is being very candid, uh, has always been very candid uh, on uh, on the subject. Uh, What is your take of of what's happened here and how it's developed. Have, have you seen a lot of action now all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to see things. We're starting to see drones and we're starting to see press conference and we'll see, uh, you know, for ourselves, whether it's, you know, how real it is or if it's just showbiz uh, or whatever, but what, what's been your take since uh, these young women were murdered? Well, it seemed to me that when they started, these bodies started showing up, and they started showing up at a, at a funny time. It was when the Suffolk County, uh, I guess the DEC, had agreed to uh, clean out the culverts that are, be, that are behind the property, the properties of basically all of Oak Beach that drain, it usually drains into the bay. Uh, and if they don't do that, uh, we get the mosquito population is unbelievable. So lo and behold, we finally got them to commit to a large amount of equipment and manpower to clean them up. That word passed through the community, and of all the people that lived there, the one that was most interested in that was Peter Hackett. He was constantly checking out when this is going to start, where is it going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Unbelievably out of character for everybody. We were just so happy it's going to happen. Whenever Suffolk County and the uh, town of Babylon were going to do that, we were we were very grateful for it because we knew that the next year we wouldn't have to be dealing with this high uh, mosquito infestation during the summer and uh, shortly after that that's when these bodies uh, started to appear now peter hackett's house backs up to all of that wetland so it's an area where he was very familiar with and uh, who knows what was going on there could have been for years for all i know yeah, uh, just I've never been. I've never been in the back of his house, but supposedly there were paths leading all over in many different directions. There, normally you wouldn't walk in there because it's very marshy and you, you sink down. You have to have like boots on or whatever. It's it's not a pleasant playground, but uh, it seemed to be a place that attracted him. I, I imagine ticks too, right? You'd you'd have to worry about. Uh, <laughs> 
ticks, horse flies, uh, the green flies, they call them. Uh, they were all there. Yeah. Yeah. A very strange behavior, you know, look, and, and by all means, um, you know, or by no means, I should say, uh, you know, does strange behavior make somebody uh, a suspect. But uh, if there is anyone that has ever been a person of interest or should have been a person of interest in uh, in these situations, it's it's Hackett by his own behavior. I, I don't I don't understand his behavior on any of this. I mean, it's, uh, it's mind blowing. And I don't know uh, what happened if he was, do you know the history of, of what's happened as far as him being questioned? Did they stop in the middle of the questioning? Did he, did he somehow talk himself out of it, get himself out through political connections or through uh, police connections, but somehow or another, uh, Peter Hackett gets a, an awful pass on this. I mean, a, a, you know, like a total pass almost. Yeah, it is. It's very funny because the Suffolk County Police is a very good uh, police organization. Their detectives and their investigators are, are top notch when they have a job to do. But if somebody from higher up in the ranks there calls things off or backs them off and says, "Just get over there and do the the quick investigation," don't ask. You know, not that they don't tell them not to do something, but I always got that feeling that somebody was higher up calling this whole thing off it didn't make any sense i've heard peter hackett tell people you know he ran away uh ran a home for runaway girls uh first of all you're not allowed to have any kind of business running out of the uh, out of your uh, residency in the association i hear comments that he spoke to mrs gilbert after the disappearance of shannon um a check on uh, the police checked his phone records and uh, actually one detective told me, hey, he didn't make a, he didn't have any contact with Mrs. Gilbert. Uh, then somebody else told him, well, why don't you check maybe other cell phones in the house? And lo and behold, from my understanding is that his wife's cell phone had made contact with Mrs. Gilbert. So and these guys are pretty sharp, but they weren't very sharp with this whole investigation. It was like somebody holding him back, holding him back. I know he had a relationship with Burke. Burke was a pretty high ranking official in the Suffolk County Police. It was, he, he was the point. chief. He was the chief when the uh, when the FBI was pulled out of the investigation. <laughs> well, my understanding that uh, Chief Burke told the, uh, the FBI, uh, Suffolk County's handling this. You can leave the police headquarters right now. You know, we're not dealing with you so when you hear that i mean i have nothing to back that up other than it got out to the street that i heard it i said wow why would burke do that you know well let me just but, let me just so there's got to be a reason let me confirm that for you uh erin moriarty uh who does uh you know 48 hours and and people could say you know question yes, every, every everything but uh she was she had confirm that after i i told her her producer about that and i thought it was just common knowledge that uh, that burke and uh, and and balone had kicked the fbi out of the investigation uh but they asked uh, jerry hart who was the head of the fbi at the time she was the lead agent for for long island she asked her three times and jerry hart admitted uh that jimmy burke asked her to leave the investigation so it's confirmed it's it's a fact that uh that 
they were they were asked to leave. Um, by the way, Bobby yeah. Bobby Strickoff, who was the best friend of Steve Ballone growing up, was also very close to to Burke. When I brought it up to him, and this is before uh, Aaron Moriarty confirmed it or or whatever, I I said, you know, why did they kick out? Why did Jimmy and Steve kick out? Uh, the FBI, uh, he uh, he said because Jimmy, uh, he didn't deny it. He said because Jimmy's John Wayne, I'm going to solve this myself. And of course, they did nothing. They did no investigation once they kicked the FBI out and got rid of them. Uh, but uh, by the way, uh, you'll you'll uh, lo love to hear this. But Bob Strickoff, while I had that same meeting with him at a diner, the California diner in Patchogue, uh, and it was I, I got the exact date somewhere and the exact time somewhere. But Bob Strickoff said to me, interrupted me in the middle of something, and he said, let me just say this one thing. Peter Hackett, he said, Dr. Hackett is a great man. Anybody that questions Dr. Hackett as being a great man uh, is something wrong with them, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's an extraordinary man, and, uh, and his daughter was our first babysitter for our boys. And uh, and he's just an extraordinary person. And, and he just went off on Hackett. And actually, uh, Joe, before I ask you to comment on any of that that I just said, do we have you for a second quick segment? Sure. Yeah. Joe sure. Scalise no Sr., everyone, is our very special guest. And uh, this is uh, this is the end of our part one. And uh, we ask everyone to, to tune in once again uh, for more from Joe Scalise Sr., uh, a longtime resident since 1970 of Oak Beach. And uh, he knows it from from the ground floor. And he will he's as candid as his son. And Joe Scalise Jr. was absolutely terrific. Thrilled to have both of them. And now, uh, Joe Scalise Sr. Frank McKay signing off just for now. We'll see you next week on our list series on Breaking It Down. Thank you.